Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is developing the perfect quote with Zeke Ziliak. Welcome, Zeke. Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming back. So for those of you who listen to my podcast, you might have heard Zeke. Oh, I don't know. A few months ago, we talked about dynamic pricing, and I think we'll probably talk a little bit about that later in this podcast. But first, let's introduce Zeke and his company. Sure. My name is Zeke, and I'm the Vice President of Transportation and Logistics here at Pro. So logistics is a focus industry for my company. We've been in business since 1985, and we've always operated in origin and destination networks with machine learning and artificial intelligence. We got our start in the airline industry where we started off with the overbooking engines and the opening and closing of fare classes with an objective function of maximizing the revenue for the airlines during the deregulation of that industry. So it made natural sense for us to apply that origin destination network technology here in the transportation logistics B2B space. So that's what my team is responsible for, is the artificial intelligence to create real-time quotes with optimized prices. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I know from our last discussion and from just knowing what's going on in the industry, we uh, definitely need that technology that you guys have developed over the years. So Zeke, let's tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And uh, tell us about little career highlights before you got started over at Pros. Oh, sure. Okay. So uh, a Midwesterner by roots, grew up in Indiana, little farm town, Indiana, and then uh, came down here to Houston, Texas, which is where our global headquarters is. And oh boy, I'll call it a quarter century ago or so. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely equal parts Texan now and been here for a long time. So I went to the University of Houston, the Honors College there. Do you get a hat when you become a Texan? You know, it was one of the first (laughs) things that I picked up when I came down here. I still don't have the horse, but I definitely have the hat and the boots. Nice, nice. So you've been down there for 25 years. What drew you down to Texas? Oh, that was the Honors College at the University of Houston recruited me when I came out of high school, academic scholarship, and had a great, great time. Yeah, yeah. Great, great time down here. Beautiful campus. And I love the city so much. I've stuck around. You still in Houston? That's right. That's where our that's where our headquarters is at Pros. We have a number of international offices now, but our headquarters still is here in Houston. So before you got into this, I know when we were prepping, you talked about being a, a club promoter. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a natural transition. A, a perfectly to natural transition. Yes, and and uh, very applicable. Those skills that you learn in that human to human interaction. So yeah, I was I did some work at with some nightclubs promoting dance parties there, and so I was nocturnal for a part of my life. Which come to think of it, I guess maybe that does help me with. Uh, we have customers in sixty different countries, so uh, sometimes you're running calls at three in the morning here in Houston, my time, and uh, being able to operate on a 24-hour basis and sleep when you can is a benefit. So I just envision like your parents back in Indiana bragging, oh yeah, our son, he got an academic scholarship to the University of Houston. He's going to do great things. And then like later on, what's your son doing? Oh, he's a party. <laughs> in hushed tones. That's right. Yes. And <laughs> it's just a phase. You know, <laughs> it's just a phase. But you know what, really, it's all about the logistics of that event. It turns out and and here we are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So when did you join Pros? 
Oh, wow. That was in 2005. So better part of two decades coming up on that. So it's been a while. How did you end up making that move from promoter to jumping in over at pros? Well, of course, one of the principals and senior vice presidents of the company was my DJ. So <laughs> I got introduced oh, that so it's way. the whole company doing That's it. right. Yes. It's a it's a whole thing over here. It's the <laughs> it's a well-kept God, secret. I bet there's some fun parties at pros. There are. There are. And you know what's an interesting thing is when we have our international conference, which now this year was virtual, of course, we had about 6,000 people on that virtually, but we still have a you know a goodly number of those when we have it in person. And it's been interesting to me to find out just how many of these leaders in logistics and transportation, how many of them are DJs as well as sort of a side hobby. So yeah, we've had some pretty good parties. Well, I just did a podcast with my friend Charm, and he's down in Atlanta, and he's a tech guy, and he was um, he works at Flexport now. Oh, okay, and he was a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the correlation is, and whether there is causality between that correlation as well, but there definitely is, seems to be a correlation in the space. Uh, yeah. So today we want to talk about developing the perfect quote, and we're talking freight quote, right? So. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges. You know, now let's take the technology out for just a second. And let's just talk about the challenges that companies have when you're trying to put together the perfect freight quote. Sure. You know, I would say that what our customers tell us is perhaps the biggest challenge is speed is when there's a request that comes in from a really important customer is speed in, we'll use the term quote turnaround time or QTAT sometimes, is getting that quote back to that customer right away. Because yep. that is their job is not to just you know receive quotes. They're asking for that for a reason. So getting a quote right. back to them in their hands as fast as humanly possible or as fast as the technology will enable it. Right. And you think about, you know, in all of our daily life, right, we're used to going online. If I go to progressive.com and say, I want an instant quote, I get it. Right. If I, if anywhere else I go, I buy something on Amazon, they tally it, bam, that's what the price is. It's never, oh yeah, I'll, I'll email you later. Right, right. right. Oh yes. Exactly. So we have our whole world. So if I came into logistics today, brand new and said, Hey, I want to, uh, I just want to quote, how much does it cost to move something from Chicago down to Atlanta? It's like a <laughs> one truck. And somebody said, well, yeah, let me call you back. Be like, what? Right. <laughs> what do you mean? Right. Me while, while you're calling me back, I'm going to call someone else is what's happening. Well, yeah, right. I just, my first thought would be, I'll just go online and get it. I'll, I'll understand that price in a minute. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. We're not accustomed to waiting anymore in our consumer lives. And so in this business to people business of logistics, yeah, the speed is king. Yeah. And we see it already. And, you know, some of the companies are saying, we will give you an instant quote. I'm hearing that more and more. And, and again, I'm thinking to my own time is still working at 3PL. There'd be some lanes where you could say, yeah, yeah, I think that'll be $1,800. Let me call and confirm. I have to call the, call the carrier, call you back. Yep. It's 1800 bucks. But yeah, the idea that you have to get a call back and is weird because again, we don't see it anywhere else in our consumer life. We're used to getting instant everything. So it's no surprise that people want it fast. So that's just the first thing. So that's the first, cha the first and maybe one of the biggest challenges is people want that perfect quote would come back really quickly. What's another challenge that you have for the perfect quote? So another challenge that our customers talk to us about is accuracy. 
in that quote. You know, you can have a lot of great systems behind you, maybe of generating a price or of, you know, putting together what the operations might look of that. But if somebody fat fingers that when they're putting together the quote, if it's a manual quote and it's inaccurate, well, that all that fancy background equipment of the technology that put that together for you, it doesn't mean much if there's an inaccurate quote that gets in. So accuracy that can pull in, you know, what's going on in the market. Right. And yeah, you've spoke to speed, but speed without the accuracy doesn't mean much. We said, <laughs> I got a quote back to you and instantaneously. And, and it was terrible. <laughs> right. It was, we lost $500 on it or you're not going to take it because it was too high. So when you're getting that quote, inaccurate quote, I know now we're going to talk a little bit later in, about the technology, but right now you would be kind of bringing in the brain trust, right? You say, I got guys who understand that lane. Maybe we have a little history with that lane. We're going to try and assess the market, you know, but look how the big changes here after COVID, right? There was one price in late February, early March, and there was another price in late March, right? Very different price now. That's right. Yeah. So pulling in the brain trust is something that, you know, folks have a struggle with right now of, you know, again, do you have to hang up the phone and then hit people back later to get an accurate quote? Right. So we're looking at history if we have that information on the lane. We're also talking about tribal knowledge that's going to be overused, but it's the guys internally. The problem with the tribal knowledge is it walks in every morning and walks out every night. (laughs) Right. And even that tribal knowledge, we're all just humans. We're not machines, right? So we make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. And and when that, that knowledge walks in and walks out every day, and I always think about when that human knowledge walks out of the office for the last time when someone retires. And it's like a a library just got burned to the ground. All that information just walked out the door for the last time. And that's a real risk. Yeah. And then we have that market conditions. They change very quickly. Yes. (laughs) Especially now with what we've been seeing. Exactly. You said it well. That's right. Yes. So being able to, you know, incorporate that market information in real time, that's not easy. You don't have something helping you out with that. Right. So the first challenge is speed. People want it right now. Second is being accurate. And that means I'm going to have to rely on my history, gut feel, tribal knowledge. You know, I'm trying to assess market data and I'm trying to do it really quickly. (laughs) And that's not easy. So what's the third challenge that you see when people are trying to develop that perfect quote? You know what? Our customers talk to us about the ability to collaborate on putting that quote back in front of their customers. Now, you know, if it's a onesie twosie little spot deal, that's one thing. A person who's maybe an inside salesperson who can come up with a one-time load response relatively quickly, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's a great price or great offer or not, that's one thing. But goodness, when you have maybe a hundred thousand OD lanes that come in and then you have to respond to this thing in a set period of time, that is a big team effort. And so the ability to collaborate across business units, across modes, across geographies, maybe across countries, if you're a global 3PL, that ability to collaborate and have the right people with the right tools responding to that, that's difficult if you don't have the technology to support you in that. So collaboration, I'd say, is the third thing that our customers talk to us about. Right. When you're talking about collaborating so we can get that accurate free quote, that has to happen again almost instantaneous. That's right. That's right. Yes. And if it has to happen over telephone calls and emails and you send that email and then you follow up with a telephone call, well, that's not real time and it's not what the customers really are expecting now. So yeah, that's a challenge. Right. And talk a little bit about the competing objectives. I mean, when you're talking about all these partners and all of this internal organizations, you know, 
right. accounting might have a different idea about the margin than sales. So talk a little bit about that. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, if we go back to that, you know, the, I call it the big ugly RFP that comes out that, you know, oh my gosh, so much revenue, such, you know, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of eyeballs on this. And then there are, like you said, competing objectives from an internal perspective. For example, you know, finance has one expectation for what the margins should be on that. Sales sure want to win that deal as many lanes as possible. Operations may want to win some of those lanes, but they may not want to win some of the other ones because it's going to mess up the network for us and put this out to, you know, what you call a black hole area where you're not going to be able to get those assets back out of there um, generating revenue for you. So there's all these different across, you know, finance, across sales, across operations, across revenue management, across accounting. Yep. The competing internal objectives, that is another consideration for responding to these big RFP opportunities. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, we talked when we were prepping for this, we talked about depending on what the business is, of course, you might have West Coast guys involved. You might have people in Europe or Asia. You might have people on the East Coast and they might be different parts of the business. Maybe one's warehousing, maybe one's over the road, maybe some are freight forwarding. You can run into a lot of not only different geographic areas, but also you're talking about the different expectations internally. Right. You know, again, accounting wants different things than sales. If you we talked to this about this also. Sometimes the sales guy's like, I just want that sale. Right. I want that sale. I don't care if we, we have to skinny down the margins and accounting saying no more bad business. Right, right. What we give up in margins, we'll make up for it in volume, right? <laughs> Something right. we sometimes hear. So yeah, the different business units are going to have different concepts of this, of the way that they would respond to these different pieces. And like you said, you know, it's the tribal knowledge is an overused term, but really you want an intermodal expert to deal with the intermodal aspects. And then you might want your LTL experts to deal with the LTL aspects. So that's important. Right. So we talked about the shippers, they want speed and they want it to be accurate. And when it's going to be accurate, that means you've had all this collaboration that doesn't happen instantaneously, somehow has to get done. And then you have to kind of manage those competing interests. And you have to manage all that information that's being moved around between different organizations, including your partner carriers, potentially. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The Who's supplying your capacity? That's an important aspect. When you're kind of moving, you know, you've got all these different competing functions within a company. You have to be able to say, where's that information coming from? And it's not easy. That's right. Yeah. The ability to sort of technically pull in, you know, a lookup, so to speak, from some of those things. There's value in just that that machination of pulling that in technically. Yep. So those are the challenges. So see, we talked about the challenges. Now talk about the process for developing that perfect quote. So if we go back to the challenge of you know speed, if we look at just a spot deal, let's say a transactional opportunity, rather than having to hang up the phone if someone's calling in, then putting in front of having a technology in front on the screen in front of that salesperson who's on the phone with their customer, being able to win that deal while you're on the phone before you hang up. So you don't have to hang up and say, wait a minute, well, let me ask about price. And then I'm going to ask my ops folks and see whether there's capacity available there. And so that's a capacity aware of what that price should be. Not having to hang up, getting all of that incorporated information right there at the fingertips of that salesperson so that they can generate that quote and send off that quote back to the customer right then when they're on the phone. So the speed, having the technology to be able to do that, that incorporates that information for you, that is key. So that assumes some things, though. That assumes that all the stuff we just talked about, which is all these different competing functions and all your partner carriers, and that there actually is capacity. So how do you get that? 
How do you do that instantly? That's right. Yeah. And that's sort of the magic of artificial intelligence where, you know, we talk about, you've heard the term of predictive, of the predictive analytics and the predictive nature of artificial intelligence, where taking the data that you have in order to predict the data that you don't have. So even if this is a new customer, let's say, and you don't have a history with this customer, being able, the AI can generate for you what a really good quote would look like for that new customer or maybe that new geography, someplace where you haven't done business before. And that AI intelligence provides that for that salesperson so that they can have that confidence of generating that quote and knowing that they're giving a good quote to their customer right then in real time. So I know that's some of the technology that you're, you know, the pros to provide. So I'm, let me just ask some questions. I, I know there's this, this magic that happens behind the scenes. <laughs> so let's just say I, I get a phone call from a customer and they say, Joe, I need to move something from point A to point B. And they give me all their information. And I go, Oh, okay. I plug that in and I go, Oh, that's $2,500. Now I made that promise. Now, how do I know that request? has to be sent to some carrier, right? How do I know that they actually do have, how do I know I actually can get that done for $2,500 profitably? Right. That's one of the unique things about logistics is that oftentimes you're selling before you know that you can sell it, right? Before you know that you have that capacity. So the AI, part of the value of that is, let's say that it's a spot deal. You say, all right, here's this $2,500. So what the tool would do, the AI tool could do for you is saying, all right, here salesperson, maybe you're a new salesperson, new to the industry, don't know the questions to ask. I'm going to guide you through those questions for this particular opportunity, the questions that you should ask. And as we respond to those questions, as an AI assistant, I'm going to help you ask the logical next question to arrive at that great price of 2500 bucks, to which that customer is going to say yes. And also in the background, I know through the AI of where the capacity is, what has the highest likelihood of where you're going to be able to provide capacity and that you're going to be able to procure that at a price that's still going to make some margin for you. So the AI is able to, in real time, generate a price on the sales side that incorporates knowledge of what's going on on the supply side as well, so that you're not leaving money on the table, but at the same time, you know that you're going to be making that margin because of what's going to happen on the supply side. So it's sort of a future look of what you're going to do next when you have to go out and procure supply. So one other thing, so let's just say I want a little higher margin. Let's just say the AI gives me a quote and it says, hey, this is $2,500. And I say, you know what? I'm not even that wild about working with these guys. If I'm going to work with them, I want more. I want to call this $2,700 for now. Yep. Would, well, could I override that? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, you know, AI, if it's going to be usable by humans, that's what artificial intelligence is. It's the automation of a decision or of a recommendation and then the accurate fulfillment of all those downstream steps by humans. So in your case, providing a range to that human to negotiate, maybe from 2,500 up to 2,700 with the reason of, you know what, this is going to be a challenging load for whatever reason or challenging customer. And so providing the human the ability to make that decision, but giving a really good confidence interval. So it's not just a take it or leave it price. That's really important is the human element of giving the ability and the rights to make a decision within a confidence interval that is just helping that human make that correct subsequent action after that price decision has been recommended. So then when I say 2700 would it tell me, would the AI advise me, the pros, 
system advised me that, hey, that's too high or, hey, you could even go higher if you wanted. That's right. Yeah. So we call that, the fancy term for that is win rate elasticity, where you can actually quantify the probability of winning any one particular deal at a particular price as a function of price. And that's something that's been very successful here in the logistics market, where all too often, unfortunately, particularly in spot deals, folks may see it as a commoditized service. So having knowledge of what prices you can win, at which price you can win, and having a knowledge of a quantified probability of, hey, you have an 87.4% chance of winning at this price. If you want to pop it up a few dollars and go down to 73.9% chance, you know you're informed about what that risk is that you're taking. So you could, so let's just, you could tell me, I could set my pricing that comes from the pro system into my system. I want every quote you give me to give me a 80% probability of winning. Right. Yes. And that's something that some of our customers are using that to an effect of, you know, I gave the example of if it's a large RFP and there's some lanes that you're really not that interested in because it's going to send out our assets out into a dead zone. Well, maybe you purposely put a price out there that's not all that attractive to your shipper so that, you know, you're responding to them, you're making it look kind of close, you're maintaining that relationship, but you really know that price. Hey, if we get it at that price, that's great. It's worth it for the backhaul. But at least you're informed in that through the artificial intelligence. So lots of companies use your technology. What do they lock that in at? So let's just say spot quote wise, they say I want um, 90% or 80% or 100%. What's, what do they? All across the board is what I would say is, you know, so it depends on where. Is a range though? Yeah. So what, it depends on what your strategy is, right? So if you are the dominant provider in a particular lane, then you can exploit that, I'll say, I'll use that word, to a pricing benefit because you have that pricing power. If you are looking to penetrate in a new geography or and maybe in a new type of service then you're going in with the and pricing appropriately to gain market share so that's going to be a different type of probability that you're going in at with those for say to to penetrate and get new market share so skim pricing where you can and then winning more where you need to in order to continue your growth so the idea is that through that ai methodology you set up your strategies And then the AI will help you achieve that strategy, will help you execute in order to hit what your strategy is. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about this COVID. In February, we had a once in our pricing. And then by March, April, prices were very different because of COVID-19. You obviously wouldn't have like a lot of data on that. So would gut feel all of a sudden be better than than (laughs) AI at that point? Because it goes, hey, the AI doesn't know there's a pandemic, and I do. Right. Well, you know, so that's gut feel is what you have to rely on in the absence of AI. You know, so there are always unusual events. That, so I would maybe use the term predictably random, right? Where, you know, right. there might be hurricanes out there. Not the last, not the last crisis. We're gonna Unfortunately, have. right? I mean, there have been crises before and there will be in the future. Now, each one of them is a unique event. Certainly. But again, coming back to that predictive concept of having an AI assistant that guides you in what could be a really good quote. Now, is it perfect? We strive for perfection. But what we sometimes say is a really good price, a really good quote right now is way better than something that may be perceived as perfect a day or two from now or even a couple of hours from now. Because why? Because that customer will have moved on. You won't have the opportunity. 
So being able to provide a really good quote with a really good price with the right services and helping your customer if they aren't aware of what services they might need to add on on that in terms of access source, et cetera, you know, that just makes you a better partner for your customer. Right. Well, to date, having experience in a lane and having that veteran in the office is one of the more valuable things you can have is to say, hey, do you think I can get a truck? And then, you know, that guy or that gal, they have that experience and expertise. But the problem is it's it's not spread out across the organization. That's right. And let's hope that that lane expert isn't out sick today. Right. Right. So getting back to it on that day of that when the pandemic, when people start realizing there's less capacity, how do you adjust the AI? Right. So the AI is a it, well, it's always learning right with the latest and greatest information that's coming in and what we call them as attributes, what those attributes may be. So you use the word capacity, what capacity is available out there, having that capacity aware guidance for the salesperson in terms of price and what they should put together for a quote, that is really, really valuable because it is real time. If you have that access to that information, then pulling that in and having the AI generate that, helping walk that salesperson, let's say, through that quoting process with knowledge of what the capacity is and what's going on out in the markets, what prices are winning, then that's what part of the value is, is pulling in all those various attributes of what's the origin, what's the destination, what's the time of day we're going to be doing this, you know, what's our capacity that's available? How has this customer been with us, you know, previously? How has our service tracked with this customer? What's their payment like with us, et cetera? All these hundreds of different attributes being chugged through in real time to make it simple for the customer. Right. So we talked about speed. I have no doubt in my mind that AI can do it faster than the average person. Even me. (laughs) Even me. That's right. And experts (laughs) in in, uh, decades of experience. Yeah. So it can get you that quote turnaround time is going to be really quick. Now, getting to the accuracy. So we talked about, I mean, if you were doing it without technology, you would look at the history of that lane. You would have a gut feel, you know, there's pandemics going on. You would try and assess market data and you'd have this tribal knowledge. You'd have the brain trust all together. How do you guys take all of that and put that into? So I know you can get fast. How do you get accurate? Right. Yeah. So one of the ways that we do that is we call it connected commerce, which is a nice tagline because it's really what it's all about is connecting with your customers so that you can you can engage with them through this common platform. And what I mean by that is, okay, so you have, let's say you have the pricing aspect, which is one thing that pros does, is the AI of pricing of generating that win rate optimal band of prices for human-human discussions. And then having that as part of the platform is putting that into a quote and generating that quote. So it doesn't need to have some sort of a handoff. So there's no opportunity to make a human mistake in that. That human is interacting with the platform that has the pricing in it that can generate that quote. And then that human shares that quote with their customer. So it's seamless. It's all part of the same thing. But do you you have market data? So yes, there's market data that pulls in into the platform. And I'll say that, you know, it depends on our customers. Some of them have faith in their own what they choose to listen to out there in the market. So there's always that flexibility of we're going to incorporate this or we're not going to incorporate these areas over here because you know what, we just don't believe this outside market. There's a lot of providers of third-party market information out there and providing the tools that allow our customers to, I'll call it, turn on and turn off those aspects that they do want to incorporate and those that they don't, that's the flexibility. Yep. You know, this is a little bit of a challenge, I think, just mentally is the idea that I've got all these people who are very knowledgeable and then somehow we hand off all this information out of their heads and, and then say, 
trust this system to give me back that number that's going to be better than we could have created internally? Well, it's really, it's about taking that human information that's in people's heads and just collectively putting that all together and guiding that human and saying, hey, you know, here's where we've won before. Here's where these prices didn't hit so well. This is what's hitting right now. This is where where we aren't hitting so well. And oh, by the way, here's where we have a shortfall in capacity. So we shouldn't be offering this. Just taking that information and making it easier for that human to make those downstream actions on that. So it's not about saying, oh, this is better than, you know, what you would price. Here's a range of prices that's going to give you, you know, statistically speaking, a really good opportunity of winning this deal. And so your customer can go on to the next. And here's the group of services that customer is really going to like, statistically speaking. And then ultimately, this is your decision. We're just here to make this easier for you so that you have the information there at your fingertips, converting that data into information. Yep. You know, this is going to date me, but I'll say it anyway. I was a draftsman when I first started my career. My dad owned T-square. a <laughs> Yeah. So I had these triangles and I was a body designer. And then we went on to the CAD systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> boy, we were so high tech. And like I said, those systems, all of us draftsmen didn't trust what the system computer was doing. <laughs> so, so we would often print stuff out and then measure it <laughs> with our, with our, with our trust, but and verify. Right. <laughs> it, it took years for people to go. And I remember there, especially old guys. I was young when we made the switch. There was old guys go, I don't think this system knows how to surface parts correctly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but over time they started going, yeah, okay. System knows what it's doing. I after guess. After getting so, through so many rolls of masking tape and it, you know, always pencils out right, then yeah, after a while you have to, well, you start to feel that trust for what the, yeah. what the system is providing you. So I know you guys get the speed. So the accuracy, you're getting it by you're bringing in all of the history. But if I was working with you guys, I could say, I want you to bring in my history and I want you to bring in some market data. I'm assuming you can get that from, you know, third parties out there. Like That's right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freight Waves is, of course, a great source for all this market information. So your internal information of what your brand has been able to achieve and what your people have been able to achieve and then the outside market information and then the AI to be able to put all that together and predict what it is that you should be offering right now. So that gives me the speed, the accuracy. One of the other challenges we talked about is these competing objectives internally. The sales guy wants to win this at all costs. So he says, look, I don't care if we win this at 5% margin. I need this one. And then you might have the accounting guy say, no, 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 no. We have a minimum margin that we need to make on every lane or you're going to make it up on some other lanes. How do you manage that piece of this? Right. Yeah. So what we do is we look at any individual line item can have that guidance of where the recommendation is for where you should be pricing, what service you should put together, what your offer should be for that. And then if it's a big RFP with thousands of lanes on it, then an overall, we call it a deal score. And what that deal score can do is ultimately what you want to do is you want to align every response that comes out for a request for service. You want to align that with what your company objectives are. It's just like, you know, in sales philosophies where, you know, they say when you compensate your salespeople in a way that aligns them with the company objectives, then everything is simpatico. It's the same thing with a big RFP deal that comes in is having that deal score set up so that overall those 
objectives are harmonized, you know, across finance and across sales and pricing. And so that overall, this becomes a great deal that will help us advance our company toward our company objectives, whatever that may be. And like, I, you know, I use the example in some markets, you want to penetrate that market because it's new to you and you want to start growing there. In other markets, it's, hey, look, we've been here for 50 years and we want to continue to maintain our dominant position there. So you price and offer accordingly. So overall, that deal, the score of that deal is something that is in line with what your overall company is striving for. So let's just I get one other question regarding that. So let's just say I had a big RFP I'm looking at and I said, okay, give me this margin rate, let's just say 20%, and the next one 15%, the next one 10%. Mm -hmm. And then you were to be able to give me a confidence level that I would win it using the 20% margin, one at the 15% margin, one at the 10% margin. Could you give me that? Yes, that's right. That's that win rate elasticity, the win rate probability that we can provide. And, you know, if you say 10, 15, 20%, if that's just a peanut butter spread across, you know, my extreme right. example of 100,000 lanes, what the AI can do for you is at a very, very granular level across all one, let's say 100,000 responses can generate a price for each one of those, for each one of those lanes of service that is at various margin levels such that overall, that overall deal comes to the margin that's going to, again, it's going to help your company get to what your margin goals in this example that we're talking about, what those margin goals may be. So it doesn't need to be just one fat number that flows down through. But on this particular lane, I know that I can get 12% margin because that's what is going to help me make sure that I win this particular lane. It's really important to us, so I can't get my 15% percent there. But another lane, I might be able to get 17.3. So the AI is going to say, there you go, 17.3% on that one. And overall, there you go. You can kind of goal seek right. for, we want to get 15%. Well, yeah, because I've been through that mostly with Excel spreadsheets where you're kind of going, <laughs> God, it'd be great if we could get this much, but who knows what other people are quoting on it, right? So I can't say that higher number. And I also don't want to be on that low number where you say, you know, the best day is when you win it and then the worst day is when you win it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, that, that comes back to the collaboration pieces. You know, if you have people in different countries across the world working on this response, but they're all sharing in that common AI tool that's making those recommendations, then that can make that a really a lot faster process of, okay, we know that we are all marching to the same drum here of what the company goals are. And we get this great recommended guidance from the AI. And so here we are, look at this, we turn this around, you know, this big RFP within a day or two, which otherwise may have taken us, you know, a week or two or something like that. Excellent. So this, getting back to it, if you're using a tool like Pros, you can end up with the speed, which was talked about that was being one of the challenges of getting a good quote. It's accurate and it incorporates everything you need. Assessing market data, your tribal knowledge, whatever that might be, gut feel if you want, you can adjust that, your history. Then it also allows for this collaboration across, you know, the competing areas within the company. Now, I shouldn't say competing, the collaborating. <laughs> right, the yes, yeah. Just <laughs> different objectives, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's just making sure you hit all of them, right? Exactly. And not, not becoming, well, we never win anything because the accounting guys ruled the day or we win everything and a lot of it's not profitable, right? You right. have to, whatever makes sense. And you see, go in a conference room and say, what does make sense? And you can adjust the system accordingly. Exactly. Exactly. So this gets a little off topic, but tell me if somebody wanted to use a tool like Pros, how do you, how does that incorporate? So let's just say I have my TMS that I'm using. 
How does that information come into my system? So, you know, the integration, we talk about, you know, the term APIs. What you don't want to do is we don't talk about transformational projects with technology. Coming into a team of people who have been doing things a certain way for a long while then saying, we're going to turn that on its head. We're going to transform the way that you do business. I don't like that. It's about instead integrating with and just incorporating and providing information within the current tools, the current processes. So don't rip out any aspects of the TMS. Just have, we have plenty of implementations of our AI science where that pricing science is integrated and served up in a good old AS400 green screen. So we do not need to rip everything out. It's about making it simpler so that it's a seamless it's sort of a, a natural progression of the current tools, of the current technology that you have. And it's just, there's hey, there's better information in here. That's what the idea is. Rather than, I call it, you know, it would be like a heart transplant or something like that if you were going to rip out various parts of what your current processes are. It's just about speeding up these processes with better information and better tools. Like, for example, a lot of our customers in the logistics space now, they're embracing the CRM, customer relationship management technology. Yep. And that's something, you know, it's a great tool to be able to have record of what we've done with these customers, rather than having that written down on some stenographer's pad someplace of, you know, what have we done historically? Who are the people we deal with at this company? Well, having an AI-empowered quoting tool with optimized prices right there within that CRM, within any CRM. That's the way that pros that we do it. We're hybrid in terms of, you know, any of those big off-the-shelf CRMs like Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics or C4C from SAP, Sugar and the rest. But having that integration so that that salesperson, they're used to working in Dynamics or Salesforce and they just keep working in Dynamics and Salesforce. But hey, now they're really happy about going in there because it helps them win more deals and it helps them win more deals at better prices. So does that pull your information in? So do you work with, I'm assuming you integrate with all the transportation management systems too? That's right, yeah. So when I'm talking about APIs and that technical handshake integration, all of that, you have to make that simple for your customers, for your users, because you know the technology is not worth anything if it's not fun to use and people don't aren't happy to go in and see that pop up there in their TMS or in their CRM. So yes, the technical handshake, leave that to the technology and then have the good information in front of your users. Nice, nice. So yeah, this is this seems for sure where things are going. I mean, we all know we want those instant quotes and the, an instant quote isn't worth anything if it's not accurate. And it's not worth anything if it doesn't have kind of um, buy-in from the entire team and your partners, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. If the quote comes out like, you know, can you quote fast and can you quote smart and accurately? Can you do both? Because if you do yeah. one or the other, it's not any good. No, and I think I also like the idea that you can, you have some, as you called it, win rate elasticity. I like the idea that you go, God, I can't bring on that customer for that margin because it's going to be a lot of work or they're a pain in the ass. So I want to raise that rate, <laughs> that rate a little bit, but I don't necessarily want to lose the business. But if I win the business, I want it to be high margin. Or on the other side is, uh-oh, last time, you know, we had a breakage, so I need to give these guys a break this time. And incorporating that information, if it's on us, on our service as well, we had something that went wrong, whatever case, so that that pricing is incorporating that attribute of that particular deal, that particular moment in time. Excellent, excellent. Zeke, this is a great topic. So summarize this bad boy for us. Talk about what is required to develop that perfect quote, and then we'll talk a little bit about pros and wrap this thing up. So... The perfect quote would be a quote that comes back in real time. So that comes back to the speed. 
And whether that is just, you know, I call it a onesie twosie, one time load, a spot transactional deal, or the big ugly RFP of 100,000 lanes on it, being able to respond in a couple of clicks, which otherwise might take a series of teams a couple of weeks, maybe even to respond to that with some prices that are in the ballpark. So speed and having the accuracy, the artificial intelligence to be able to provide a fast and accurate quote to help you do that. Even if you've never done business with this customer, you haven't done business in this geography before, that's why that AI is key. And then providing the, I mean, this is a human to human, this is a people business. So the ability for humans to collaborate together. And when those humans across those various business units, finance, sales, pricing, revenue management operations, where those different internal objectives are married up and harmonized so that Ultimately, there's a great quote that goes out the door really fast that's going to make your customer happy, that's going to help them do business, that's going to make their customers happier with them. And you're marrying up all those internal objectives for an ultimate deal score that's winning for your company. That's what brings it all together. Very nice. Very nice. So, Zeke, talk a little bit about what's going on over at Pros. You know, something like you that, should spell that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pros. It's all capitals. P-R-O-S. Okay. So pros.com. And one of the things that you're going to see out there about pros that we're hearing from our customers is the digital imperative, as we're calling it. What we've been talking about here is about, you know, generating a quote, a human generating a quote for the customer. Something that is really important is providing your customers the ability to self-serve. Because it's just a fact of the way the world is right now where we don't get to have as many face-to-face interactions, human-to-human interactions as we like. And yet logistics is crucial, as we all know. So providing customers the ability to interact with the computer, come onto your digital channel and provide that digital channel so they don't see, here, please fill out your email and your phone number and your name and one of our sales associates will get back to you. No, instead it's, okay, I'm going to help you set up and make that request and finalize that right now here on a digital channel. And through the AI, the AI assistant is going to help you put together a quote that is going to be right for your business with all the services that you need for that and at a price that is going to be personalized for you. So that human to digital interaction is really, really important, which is another channel. Sometimes we use the term opti-channel. <laughs> and so the optimizing your channel through which you're interacting with your customers. Yep. Well, it seems to me there's, as you mentioned, the digital imperative. The expectations just are rising so fast in this business and again, everywhere. And when people are, you say, well, where's my pizza I ordered? And I can track it online and, and <laughs> I can, right. I can order a car to my house in, you know, a minute. And the idea that, you know, we can still kind of be in this, I'll call you back in an hour and dependent on the new guy who replaced the guy who sold you the account, that's fading away fast. Got to get there. We've got to get there. Yes, because the expectations, you got it, is the expectations are higher. They're always higher. And so it is an imperative. And that's why we use that word. Yep. And also, we're all looking for that competitive edge in this business. So if you can be the guy who says, hey, the reason you should work with us is because you will never have to worry about a callback. You're going to get an instant quote. And that's that means something. There's a segment of the market that says, I don't care if I pay an extra five, 10 bucks a load, as long as I get that instant quote and it's reliably picked up and delivered. Exactly. And knowing at which point, that's where the AI really helps with that, you know, we call it a take it or leave it opportunity when it comes in online is knowing where that person, that customer is the one who says, hey, look, I'm willing to spend an extra five bucks just so that I can have this done right now. And as we've heard that if a customer comes online and 
interacts with you digitally and they have a bad experience, they're not going to come back. Right. They're going to go elsewhere. Well, and you think about how many people, especially during this pandemic, say, you know what? I'm not going to the grocery store. I just have them deliver it. I'm not going out to eat. Have them deliver it. <laughs> and, and so they're, they're willing to pay an extra $5, $10 there for the, whatever because it, so they're bringing that same attitude to the office. Exactly. And that's where the business to people, the B to P kind of concept comes in. These are people who work at these businesses. And yeah, the psychology, so to speak, is the same. You're right. It, it, they're bringing that to the office. Right. I'll tell you another thing I like, and this is just, I just remember the angst of developing different margins on, on and saying, God, it'd be great if we wanted at this margin. It'd be less great if we wanted at this margin, but that's probably more reasonable. Oh, it'd be great if we wanted this big fat margin, but what if we lose all of it, right? I hate right. it. And it's just this <laughs> angst. And then you're debating it with two or three people who know just as little about it as you do. Right. We all have our gut feel. We all have market knowledge, but it's not the same as AI or machine learning. I mean, it's just different. That's right. Just helping you with that. Know where you can get that very precise precision in that margin that's achievable. Zeke, thank you so much. This was quite the education. The world is changing. Joe, as always, great to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Till next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.